0: Welcome to another episode of The Unconditioned Life with me, Linda Downey. If you're ready to leave the stress and the pain of your past so that you can create a joyful and vibrant life for your future, then you are in the right place. Subscribe, follow, and enjoy the episode. Hello, hello, welcome Monday. Welcome to this episode of The Unconditioned Life with me, Linda Downey. We are streaming in multiple places. I would love for you to say hello. If you're listening live, if you're listening later to the replay, please also say hello. Um, And please ask any questions or leave any comments. If something occurs to you, if you have a thought, if you have experience with what I'm talking about, I would love to hear your input too. So, with that being said, let's dive in. So, today, what I wanted to speak about was the two really important things that are going to make a difference around whether you're experiencing life from a place of fear. So, a lot of people, a lot of people in my groups and in you know in my world that I participate with on Facebook, a lot of people express having fear. They're fearful about... Either the future, they're fearful about their health, they're fearful about money, all of the things that that might show up. So fear is a very prevalent life experience for a lot of people. And I don't know if you've ever heard of it this way, but fear and love are the opposite of each other. So we're either always either in love or we are in fear. Now, it doesn't mean, of course, that you don't have love for people and experience love when you're feeling afraid. Of course you do. But when you're in fear, you're not really experiencing in that moment, love, you're not feeling the expression of love. And so why? Why are so many people stuck in fear? And it's going to come down to really these two two key pieces that I would love for you to understand so that you can look into your life and see how does that relate to me? Okay, so when we are being grown up, when we are being developed as a human being from birth up until we become an adult, those formative years, when we're really young in our childhood years, there's certain things that have to occur or certain things that will determine how life is gonna show up for us, okay? Before the age of about seven or eight, everything that happens to us is going sort of, this is how I look at it, going into the pot to determine our own significance and our feeling of security in the world. So everything that goes, and it's not like a hard number, seven, but it's around the age of seven, That we start to think differently. Before that, we're in a very, it's called theta brain state. Children are in a very theta brain state, which means they don't have a lot of critical thinking. They just experience the world. Someone says something to them and they absorb it. The brain is just constantly absorbing what it sees. That's up until about the age of seven. When kids hit around the age of seven or so, they start to develop the ability to determine for themselves to maybe more critically think not just necessarily accept at face value right what a grown up says to them or something like that doesn't mean they're you know doing adult thinking but they start to but what whatever's happened in that age range for that child However, that shows up is going to determine these two areas that I said, security and significance. So if before the child shifts over in, into that more critical thinking, if the experiences are such that they don't feel very secure and security comes both internally and externally. So is it secure in who they are, secure in in their environment, right? That's the external security, secure that there's food, there's safety, there's peace in the household, all the things. So if you're growing up, if a child is growing up in a household and those things are challenged, they hear a lot of fights about money or there's stress, maybe it's a single parent household or um, they move a lot or anything that might have the child, especially if they're not yet critically thinking, start to decide for themselves, this isn't secure, I don't feel secure, they may not have that conscious thought, but they feel that way, right, so that's external environmental security, and also security in being loved, really secure that this grown-up that they're living with, or grown-ups that they're living with, totally love them, totally have their back, no matter what they they do. That's a sense of security. So that's the first thing. And that gets developed. As I said, if you're just hopping on, hello, I see people joining on. So please say hello. But if you did miss the beginning, these are the two things that happen when we are forming our the foundation of who we are and how we see the world. And if these things go in a particular direction, we're going to feel a lot of fear. Doesn't mean it can't be undone. Doesn't mean you can't change how you see it. But this may be um, shed some light for you on why do I always feel afraid, or my whole life I've had anxiety, or I've always just been fearful of things. This this is where I want you to look. So the first place, as I said, is security. The second thing is significance. That means, and that's internally. So security is internally and externally secure. Significance is internal, meaning they feel important. They feel that their thoughts matter, their feelings matter, their opinions matter. So I was just on the phone with a client this morning in a one-on-one call, and she said to me, I don't remember anything specific, but I just remember a lot. My mother saying to me, "You want to cry? I'll give you something to cry about." I heard that too. You want to cry? I'll give you something to cry about. When a grown-up says that to a child, they the interpretation would be how I'm feeling is not important. It's not okay that I'm crying. It's not okay. Uh, they want to give me something to cry about, meaning what I'm crying about now isn't big enough. So what I'm feeling isn't important enough. It's all of that. So whether that was the thing that you heard or, you know, children are seen and not heard or, um, you know, any of those phrases that I don't know, growing up in the 60s seemed to be (laughs) pretty um, standard fare. So significance and security, those two things. So now you have a child growing up if either one, but very often both of those are challenged, right? Both of those, because if you're in a household that it doesn't feel secure, you're not feeling like you're loved and somebody has your back, that's probably also going to go with, hey, stop stop crying, you know, suck it up. Children are seen and not heard. I'm doing the best I can, all those things. They often would go hand in hand. I'm sure that I don't know. That makes sense to me. I'm sure you can see that. But even if it's just one of them, that's going to have the child put together their life and their, their worldview in a particular way. Okay. Now they hit the age of seven or eight, somewhere in there, nine or 10, you know, anywhere in there, everybody's a little bit different. And now they have their own critical thinking skills and they start to interpret the world rather than just accept and absorb the world, which is what we do when we're very little. But now the way that they interpret the world is determined by that messaging that they got when they were in the absorbing stage. So when they're absorbing, it's not safe here. We have money troubles. It's not okay. Um, You know, how I feel is not important when we're absorbing that. Now we're going to interpret going forward from that place. So shush, hush. Sometimes they feel fearful for no reason. <laughs> anyway, um, so we're going to interpret the world going forward from that place, which means Back to what I said in the beginning, you're always either in love or fear, some form of it, some form of love, which can be feeling peaceful, which can be security, which can be, you know, anything that could be an offshoot of love that are those higher, higher level feelings. And fear, the offshoots of fear can be anger, can be betrayal, can be um, even grief. Even grief, when we stay stuck there, we're fearful about what we've lost and what that means for our future. So we're always in either love or fear. So now, back to the beginning of the conversation, if you absorbed certain things in your absorbing stage, in your theta brain stage, now you take that absorption and you interpret your life going forward. Your significance and your security are going to determine if life shows up to you free, easy, peaceful, not saying that there aren't challenging things in life, but when they come, you trust that you can navigate through them. When something hard shows up, you feel the appropriate feelings like grief, but you move through it. You don't stay there you manage your anger, you don't stay there. And everything that comes after that level of relationship that I mean, sorry, that level of development is going to affect your relationships, because you're going to see the interactions in your relationships from a place of, am I secure and important? Or am I not? Which got developed, 35 years ago, 45 years ago, but it doesn't matter. Somebody says something or is a certain way in relationship with you, you hear it and see it through that, through that earlier interpretation. So it might be that in your relationships, there's always a level of, well, let's talk about specifics. How would that show up? If you're fearful in a relationship, you might feel like you have to control everything, right? That would be a common response. I'm afraid it's not going the way I want, or they might see me in a way I don't want. I need to control. I need to control how it goes. I need to control how they see me. I need to control the outcome. That's a fear response. Needing to control things is a fear response, Um Also, reacting is a fear response. So, when we are stuck in fear, which is stress. So, a lot of times I talk about stress, and when I say stress, people just think right away, Am I stressed out? Like, do I have a busy schedule? Am I overcommitted? Like that. I'm talking about stress in a lot of other ways. And when you're stuck in fear, you're stuck in stress. Because it it feels no different to your body, your nervous system and your body are like, there's a problem, there's a problem, we're in trouble. If you have fear, there's a problem. If there was no problem, you would not be in fear, you would be in love, and you would be relaxed and life would be peaceful. So even if, you know, you could be retired and not have a stressful schedule, you could be in a happy marriage, and not have stress, but still be living in fear. And I know there's people listening to this who are like, yes, I don't even know why I have anxiety. I don't know why I can't go to sleep at night. There's nothing wrong in my marriage. You know, we have, you know, we're fine in our life. And yet I feel anxious. This is why. So you're stuck in that stressed place because of the absorbed filters that you got when you were little. that now have you see everything through fear. So I said, controlling is one way that that's going to show up, even though you don't need to, even though, you know, things are fine, you still feel like you need to control. Another way that that might show up is, as I said, reacting. So instead of responding, instead of thinking about something, taking it in, figuring out how to have a win-win, being able to communicate, coming up with a creative solution. Instead, what happens is we respond right away. We respond. I have another client who tells me all the time, although I think this is changing, but she would always tell me how either in her head or what came out of her mouth was, you know, F in this, F in that, that F in jerk, that F in, like it, it was anger. But anger stems from fear. Really, any of those depleting emotions have fear as their base. So that was her constant thing. And it is changing. She's um, we were talking about that, which is great. But when you're in that effing jerk, that effing this effing that, you're reacting. You're not calmly thinking about a response or a way to work it out. You're just ready for a fight. You've got your sword and your shield ready to go. That's living in fear. So. That's really what I wanted you to see um, is think back, if you can remember, everything during your developmental years went into your sense of security and your sense of significance. Those two critical pieces, they're like the fulcrum to decide how the rest of everything else goes. So what went into that and how that got formed, those two things are going to determine how everything else goes. So if you maybe didn't have the best examples of security, maybe you didn't experience unconditional love. Maybe you weren't told that your thoughts and feelings are important and matter. Maybe you were told the opposite. That is a big reason why you're struggling now, even if you don't have anything stressful. And then if if you do have a stressful circumstance, it's bigger than you can handle. That's like, you know, the straw on the camel's back, because you're already maxed out living in fear. So those are the things that we go to work on in the return, restore, renew program, like really pulling apart, <coughs> excuse me, where that all got developed and understanding that it's not the truth and then rewiring how you think. Because if you don't rewire that, that will be how you see life till your very last day, which is fine you've been living life you know as you've been living it but if it's not fine with you if you are not happy to be living in that kind of place that's what you need to do is rewire that absorbed crossed messages that happened when you were little so I would love to know um, what you think about that if that makes sense to you if you have any questions I'm here on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays doing a live on some some topic or another, and I do the, the morning coffees, um, which are just a few minute chats on some topic as well. Sometimes they relate to each other. Sometimes they don't, but please pop in. I will check all the places if there's any comments here later, and that is this episode of The Unconditioned Life, and I named the podcast The Unconditioned Life because it's that's what we're doing is unconditioning what happened when we were younger. We are learning to, to move out of those patterns and those ways of the, seeing things. And um, thanks, Deanne, it was so nice to see you. And those ways of seeing things, that, that's what unconditioning means to me. And that's what, what these conversations are all about, okay? So have a great day. I'll see you Wednesday. I'll see you tomorrow morning with coffee and let me know if you have any questions. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe, follow, or leave a kind review. If you are ready to truly leave an overwhelmed life of stress and struggle behind, and live as God intended, whole, joyful, and connected, please reach out or go to Coaching.com, my website, for more information. Give yourself some grace and kindness today and every day, and I hope to see you on the next episode of The Unconditioned Life.